You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. So you guys give a round of applause for Jay. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, been with us to get here, start the church, move from Dallas, Texas, to get out here and start the church. And this September, we celebrated five years. And so this is special sacred time that we're entering into the Historically, the, the, this has been called Holy Week, and today is Palm Sunday, and um, I encourage you to take this week to, to be intentional in your faith, um, preparing your heart for the biggest day of the year, uh, really, uh, is Easter Sunday. Um, Palm Sunday was this, is the Sunday before Easter begins. It's the beginning of Holy Week. It's the day to remember and celebrate when Jesus came into Jerusalem um, as Savior and King. And there were crowds that were coming around and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They were uh, acknowledging him as a king, hoping that he might overturn Rome and there might be a revolution and freedom for all those folks. And, uh, you know, he came in on a donkey as a symbol of peace. Uh, Hundreds of people were shouting this. And so uh, what we're going to do today, though, is I'm going to talk to you about um, baptism, and the reason why is because a baptism, there's no more important event in the the life of a Christian um, that symbolizes better the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So as we're preparing for Easter, uh, the resurrection and celebrating that God is not dead, He is alive, is that uh, baptism is a a time where we celebrate that together um, to celebrate and signify what God's been doing in the lives of people. Um, I'm specifically teaching on this this morning, too, to help I understand a third of our church comes from non-church backgrounds. Uh, A third of our church comes from um, uh, different faith groups. Uh, And then a third of our church comes from a historical kind of Christian evangelical perspective in understanding the Christian faith. So as we've been communicating about baptism, we've been getting a lot of feedback and people are like not understanding about it. So this morning, as we're preparing for a big day, uh, Easter Sunday, and we're going to be doing a number of baptisms, I want to teach on it. And uh, we're actually going to record this and then give it to anybody that's exploring baptism in the future. Uh, So first service, we did that. And uh, here's what we're going to see in Scripture In the very beginning of the church, there's these big days. This is after the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, is that there's big days associated when the church is kind of growing in exponential um, ways. And what we see, let's look at Acts 2.4. It says, so those who received his word, this is the preaching and teaching and the message of Jesus, were baptized. So anybody who receives the word of Jesus is baptized, the scripture says, This is describing what was happening in the early church. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Let's just say, to say the least, that was a big day. That was a really big day in the life of the church. Uh, Here's what we're going to see is that big days are always better with baptisms. Right now, we're preparing for a big day. Um, In in church history, um, at least for uh, American culture, uh, big days are these. Fall kickoff, uh, Christmas and Easter. Those are the biggest days out of the year for our churches in America. We are the church. We are a group of people who uh, live to share and show the love of Jesus Christ, experienced his life. And baptism is one of the most important signs and symbols of our faith. It's a greatest witness for us. Um, Satan is our enemy. 
And what Satan wants to do with the church is to silence the witness and the testimony of the Christian and his love for Jesus. Baptism is like uh, the, the wedding ring. Like I, I wear this wedding ring so that everybody knows that I have made a commitment to my spouse and I'm publicly sharing that I'm a married person. Baptism is for us is a special time where it's a public proclamation of those who follow Jesus. Big days uh, help us gather and grow the church. Um, this happened in the early church. This happens today. There are big days. Really special, important times where God in his desire is moving through the communities around the world. And these are special times set aside to highlight the supremacy and the majesty of who Jesus Christ is. It's a great time to gather and in the, in the time for the church to grow. Big days help volunteers go into areas of ministry. I put this shirt on this morning because I wanted you to know that we need more volunteers and it's, we need to realize that we're, we can be a part, uh, not just to join a church to become a member of the church, but we need to realize that being a part of the church means we're part of a historical movement from generation to generation to spread the name and the fame of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to challenge you to think about if you're not already volunteering, that maybe Easter Sunday would be the first time that you're going to serve. And maybe, maybe you've been thinking, I'm not qualified or I don't have the skill set or whatever. I want to encourage you, if you're able and willing to help in some form or fashion at any level, we have that Easter egg, the Easter egg hunt that we're going to be doing at 1.30. And the reason why we're doing an Easter egg hunt is because of this statistic right here. 87% of our valley is without a church home. And that's the easiest thing we can invite them to. I do want them to come to the services. But every time we've done this kind of event, we have folks that come out of a Hindu background, a Buddhist background, a Mormon background, whatever. All sorts of walks of life will show up. And this is an opportunity for us to put on the shirt and to share and show the love of Jesus Christ just by being a good host. And for us as a church, we're going to offer, we have four different services. We have a 6.15, a 9, a 10.30, and a 12. I want to encourage you to be a part of a service. Um, and I want to encourage you to maybe today that you would make the step and say, hey, on Easter Sunday, I'll just at least serve. That's a lot of services, guys. We've never done four services. So I encourage you just to, to go with us, pray with us, um, you're going to walk out of here today with one or two things I'm asking you to do. Either A, if you haven't been baptized, be baptized, B, or serve, or maybe both. So let me pray right now, and I'm going to ask God to work in the hearts of our time together and the Holy Spirit to impress upon you about a step of faith forward so that this movement called the church from generation to generation, spreading the supremacy and the majesty of who Christ is, might continue to work through this church. Heavenly Father, we come to you now, and we thank you, God, for the good news and the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the testimonies we're going to hear about today, about those who have been baptized, and Lord, your work in their lives. Lord, I pray today that, as Jonathan said, we need 30 new volunteers, that even in this service, there might be 30 men, women, that would come forward and say, I'll serve, I'll be a part. I'll put on the blue shirt, I'll, I'll be on that team. Lord, and for many others that are, have, are questioning about baptism, may this teaching of your word and the great indication of being identified with the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, um, Lord, motivate them to go public in their faith. In Jesus' name, amen. What is baptism? Baptism is a public proclamation of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
It means that you're publicly saying, hey, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on that team. I'm a Christian. I told you earlier that the enemy's attack against the church is to silence the witness. He wants you to be quiet. He wants you to be private. No, 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 no. What, what, what the church needs more than anything is a dose of courage, of faith, to live bold and public about who they are. And your faith matters. On Sunday morning, you ought to just be energized to go out into the community and to be a Christian, to be a, a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and this is a time for, for you as baptisms, as we're going to learn this morning, is that baptism is a public proclamation. People ask me sometimes, can I get baptized privately? And I always say to them, why? Why would you want to do that? It's like a, it's the sign and the symbol that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to read to you a story about Ryan and Taryn, uh, a couple in my neighborhood group, a young married couple. They decided to go public in their faith. They came to our church and they wanted some help to grow in their marriage. They wanted to, to, to get back into church and start their marriage strong and, and, and live right. And this is what Ryan said when asked about baptism. Ryan said, God was directing us to do this. God has been giving us direction and changing our life. Isn't that good? God's changing our life, he says. Making, we were making a full commitment to him as a couple, and we've been searching for guidance in our marriage and our family, and we knew we couldn't do it by ourselves, so we decided to publicly be baptized to let people know that we're followers of Christ. You know, God has been at work in this couple's life. They've been in my neighborhood group, and it's been awesome to see them take a bold step of faith and to do this as a couple. And right after first service, this married couple came up to me and said, well, you know, I've never been baptized before, and I've been married now for like 15 years, and my husband and I are thinking and praying about this. This could be a great step in our marriage together to publicly say we're Christians in our household, modeling to our kids and our friends and family. But what does it mean to, to understand uh, to really what it takes is to, to be baptized? I want you to understand the essence of the gospel message, the good news and the bad news. Just for a moment, I want to rehearse this. Some of this for you, it might be uh, new and some of it might be old for some of you. To be a Christian, we got to understand the good news. That's the gospel message. And we also have to understand the bad news. Bad news is the Bible says that all have sinned, that every single one of us, We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's what that means, is that we've literally like missed the mark. No one's perfect. Part of that is good news because it takes pressure off. Nobody's perfect, okay? The Bible says that we've all sinned, though, and fallen short of the glory of God. You've missed the mark. You can commit sins of omission and commission. Omission means that you, you omit something. You don't do something that you should have done. Or commission is the, things, the sins that you do that uh, you do something wrong, uh, you say the wrong words that are hurtful and harmful, or you do something. The Bible says that all of us have sinned, but the, and the penalty of sin is worse. And it says that we, the wages of sin, the financial term, the wages of sin, is this is sin's penalty in Romans 6.23. It says that the wages of sin is, is death. That idea of wages means what you earn. Apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ, we earn death. But that's the bad news, but there's good news. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
being a person who's baptized has to understand these basic good news, bad news uh, principles in Scripture. The good news is, though, is that Christ paid the penalty. The Bible says that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. What that means is that Christ is your substitute. He stands in your place. The punishment that you deserve, you don't get because Christ stands in that gap for you when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And so the way God looks at you, all of you who have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, is he sees the work of Jesus in your life. Therefore, you're unconditionally loved. Where there's sin it increases, the Bible says grace abounds. So God shows his love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you have to make that personal in, in understanding baptism, that there's this incredible love. God shows his love for me, Ryan. That's, that's what he's done. While I was still sinning, Christ died for me. Be a Christian understands these basic things, that all have sinned and there's, that Christ has paid the penalty for sin. The Bible also says in 1 Peter 3.18 that for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that, we, that he might be, bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Christ suffered. As we look into the, the week of the Holy Week, we remember um, that Christ was um, arrested, beaten, tortured, spit upon, mocked. Uh, the prophet Isaiah tells us that he was the suffering servant. And Christ suffered in our place, so we don't have to suffer in that same sense that he is our substitutionary atonement. He brings us to God. Jesus Christ is the bridge. How does a, a, a person who is sinful and does wrong things get access to an almighty, perfect God? It's through Jesus Christ. These are the basic truths that help people understand what it means to be a Christian. And in baptism, the symbolism is this, is that we're connected, we're unified to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's what the symbolism says. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized, he's writing to the church in Rome, anybody who's been baptized into Christ Jesus uh, were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death, like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection. What that means is that we're identifying that when we are, are stepping into the baptismal waters, we're given a public sign and symbol to show that we're connected to Christ. That when we stand in that water and you go under the water, there is an old that is going to die and the new has come. And as a Christian, that happens really the, play, the time and time, the time when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, there's, a, there's kind of a death that happens. So when I became a Christian, the old Ryan had to die. And there needed to be a new Ryan born again. The old was gone, behold, the new has come. What happens when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you're dead to the old self. You're no longer in bondage to the power of sin, that you have freedom to overcome sin as a new creation, a new believer by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ living in you, and you are free from the penalty of sin. You will never face eternal judgment. You will never face the, the penalty of sin. It's been loosened. The chains have been broken. Jesus Christ breaks that. And you get a new identity. That's why when people say, are you born again? You know, what they mean is like, 
you experience the new power of Christ in your life. Like literally, some people, when they become Christians, they, they can walk away from a lifestyle of addiction because the, this boom, this brand new power surge happens in you. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Some people have a stronger struggle with that, but there is no doubt there's this, we're united with him. When we're being baptized, it's saying, I'm connected. Uh, The old is gone, behold, the new has come. I have experienced the forgiveness of sins, and I'm living a new life. So the question comes is, who should be baptized? The answer is, is all who have experienced God's saving grace and responded through faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Anybody, all people who have experienced God's saving grace, young, old, Anybody who's experienced God's saving grace and responded through faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Scripture says in Galatians, Paul writes, all believers baptize this idea. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. So the adoption of being into God's family is through faith. It's not a work. It's through faith. Uh, Verse 27, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. It's this public sign that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. My daughter, Maya, is six years old, and uh, she's been asking, Dad, can, we get ba- can I get baptized? And I said, well, you know, why do you want to get baptized? You know, because that's an important question to ask little kids, right? I mean, we, we asked that to one kid. He said, hey, I, I want to be baptized, Pastor Ryan. I said, great, why do you want to be baptized? He said, because I can hold my breath. I said, well... We might need to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, I said, Maya, why do you want to be baptized? And she said, Dad, because I want, I want my friends to know that I'm on God's team. I said, that's cool. That's cool. You know, and I don't know if we're going to baptize her this Easter or not. I don't know. We're praying about it and all that stuff. The point is, is that who should be baptized is anybody who has experienced God's saving grace responded through faith. How do you measure that? Faith. And so how do you say, well, you don't have enough faith? Uh, My encouragement to you as a pastor here at North Valley is, Mom, Dad, you are the ministers of your household. Your A1 priority is to disciple your children. You become the ministers of the household. That's why even in baptism, a lot of times we'll have the mom and the dad come up and do the baptism with their kiddos. Um. All believers should be baptized. Very normal thing in New Testament scripture. Why should Christians be baptized? First of all, Jesus commanded baptism. Look, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, making disciples includes baptizing. Mom, dad, disciple your children. Baptize them when they believe. Um, men, women, you have not been baptized. Jesus says that Part of being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, is being baptized. Um, if you were ever a part of a church that didn't baptize a whole lot of people, something's wrong with that. I'm so proud that our church over the last year, you know, the church is on average of 300 people in our church right now, and it grew by 24%, and that's great. And it's easy to get high percentages when you're small, so I'm not like that excited about that. But what's impressive that 40 people were baptized over the last year, one year. 
Not in the last five, just one. That's been awesome. I want to share with you one story of a, a, a young gal named Vivian who was baptized in our church. Vivian Bush grew up in a Christian household but never fully understood her mom's Christian faith. And this is so many of you guys at our church. You grew up in a Christian household, but you really didn't really understand the faith a whole lot. At the age of 18, Vivian lost her mom, and she says her heart grew cold, kind of walked away from Christianity. As the years passed, she became a mother herself and started to think about the faith that her mother once shared with her as a child. She said in an interview with us that we put out on the North Valley newsletter, she said, when I had my first son, I felt like God was telling me I had to go back to church. I hear that so many times. I love that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's moving through people's lives, and he says like this, wake up, go to church. Why is he saying go to church? I'll tell you why, because he loves the church. And through the church is where you hear about Jesus. So she says, this is her story. She said, I felt like God was telling me to go back to church. She says, if it were not for my boys, I love that. I'm not sure I'd be here. I knew I wanted to share this great love of Christ with my boys and my husband that my mama did with me. Vivian's from uh, Louisiana, so she's got a Cajun flair to her. Vivian knew she needed a relationship with Christ and decided to try out a new church when a friend had invited her to North Valley. Vivian has been a part of North Valley now for the last three years. Not too long ago, baptism was heavy on her heart and for over a year, she says, I knew this was a long-awaited next step in my faith. Jesus was making a huge impact in my life and giving me a better understanding of his unconditional love, and I wanted to go public. Jesus commanded baptism. It's a big deal. You got to go public, guys. You got to go public, ladies. Go public in your faith. Baptism was a common practice in the early church. Look what Acts 2.41 says. We read it earlier. It says, so those who were received his word. If you've received the word, that's literally what that phrase means. It means the message of Jesus. Jesus is king. You're not. Jesus is alive. He offers me forgiveness. And he offers you a new life. You receive that. Then they were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So the early church practiced it. Jesus commanded it. But look here, baptism was commanded by the apostles as well. In Acts chapter 10, we read that Peter, and this is impetuous Peter, a guy who's a supercharged leader for the early church, and he moved from having incredible fears to incredible faith and courage. And he becomes the leader in the early church. Peter declared when he was starting out this church, it was pretty ethnically diverse, and he was excited to share the message about Jesus far beyond uh, just the Jew, Jewish people. But he believed that the church should be for all people and the gospel message for all people, and he's absolutely right. And look what he says when there's a big response. He says, can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And look what it says. And he commanded them. Is he Apostle Peter? He's, he's not suggesting. He's saying, be baptized. You believe? Be baptized. And, baptize, and he says, commanded them to be baptized. Look, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
And then they, man, they were so impressed with them, they said, why don't you stick around a few days? Baptism was commanded by the apostles. Um, something we need to realize is, why should Christians be baptized? Because it's the scripture. It's what the Bible teaches. If you've not been baptized, I'm challenging you. There's no better Sunday in the world to be baptized on than Easter Sunday. It's such a powerful uh, demonstration of the new life in Jesus Christ. When should Christians be baptized? That's a great question. Thanks for asking that, Ryan. Uh, When should Christians be baptized? After experiencing God's saving grace and responding through faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Notice it says after. doesn't mean before. I encourage you, I understand, I got a lot of friends that come out of Anglican backgrounds, Episcopalians, Catholics, and whatnot, and I understand if you've been uh, baptized as an infant, you don't need to feel ashamed of that by any means. Um, you should take it as your mom and dad cared about you enough to do what they thought was right to do to honor you and to say, we're going to have a Christian family. Um, what we do at our church is what we do with babies is we do baby dedications. Um, and why don't we baptize infants? Because of this idea that, look what it says. It's why, when should Christians be baptized? After experiencing God's saving grace. Because that's what's reflected in the New Testament. It's not before experiencing God's saving grace, but it's after. And look, and responding through what? Faith. Um, Years ago, I served when I was at Dallas Seminary. uh, There was a time period. I worked on a large um, church for one season called Lake Point Church down in Rockwall, Texas. Very large evangelistic kind of Southern Baptist church that didn't act like a Southern Baptist, didn't even know it was Southern Baptist until I got my first paycheck. And then, and then uh, one year later, a couple years later, I worked for a little Anglican church, and uh, they, they did infant baptisms and all that. And here, here's the deal is, I think there's, is in the Christian faith, there's close-handed issues, and then there's open-handed issues. This baptism thing, I think, is a little more open-handed. And I want to, uh, what's closed-handed is that Jesus is king, that he is the Lord, and scripture has the final authority on everything. But what I'm challenging you to do, for those of you that are question mark on am I baptized appropriately in the New Testament model of church is, let's just look at the Bible. Let's just look at the scripture and make a decision based on what that looks like in scripture and live accordingly. Amen? So uh, I'm arguing and I think that you'll see as we look at scripture, it's after experiencing God's saving grace and responded through faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Look what it says in Acts 8, 12. It says, uh, but when they believed, whoop, they, it's not, not before they believed, look, when they believed, uh, Philip, as he preached the good news, Philip was a ministry leader in the early church, an evangelist. He was preaching good news. They believed the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. What? They were baptized, both men and women. So believe and be baptized. That's all the way the New Testament church kind of teaches baptism. It's not before believing. It's literally like it's saying something with your mouth. Yes, Jesus is Lord. You know, um, here's another one, and believe and be baptized, Acts 8, 35 through 38. Philip, again, he's the evangelist traveling, and he's in this 
desert region within the Mediterranean area, and he feels compelled by the Holy Spirit to go share about who Jesus is. And he approaches this royal official, this Ethiopian eunuch, and Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, I like that, start with the scriptures, and he's evangelizing, he told them the good news about Jesus, Jesus forgives sins, Jesus is alive, he's not dead, he rose again, he offers a new life, verse 36, and they were going along the road and they came to some water, not a whole lot of water in that area, so he points it out, some water, and the eunuch, this royal official said, see, here's some, is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Verse 38, and he commanded the chariot to stop. This awesome little heavy Chevy rolling through the desert stops. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. So the question is, when is as soon as you believe, you ought to just go get baptized. Not a whole lot of time passed here. They're they're in the chariot together, going along, and they believe, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch believes, and then he's, baptized. I want to tell you the story of a young girl in our church named Olivia. She's what I call the courageous seventh grader. Olivia was baptized here in our church, and she said this, I just can't keep it in anymore. I just can't keep it anymore. I I had to share because God's telling me from the inside out, I need to share about Jesus. I don't want to be ashamed of who I am. Listen to that courage. And I want others to see my faith, and I want to be baptized too. Olivia's story is the story of so many kids who come to a crossroads in their life when, where their parents' faith is no longer just their parents, but it's their own, and it becomes real. Every kid has got to come to that place to realize, is my faith my parents' or is it my own? And Olivia made that bold step, and it's no longer just going to church because mom and dad tell them to go to church, or for her, it's not just, but she wants to be at church. And she's excited about getting to know and growing in her faith and relationship with Jesus Christ. This courageous step is so needed for every single one of us as as Christians. If you've been baptized, keep being courageous. Keep sharing and showing the love of Christ to others. No better time for you to invite friends and family to church on Easter Sunday and see the people uh, being baptized and hearing the testimonies of what God's doing and to hear about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And lastly, the question comes is, uh, how should Christians be baptized? I said earlier, I understand many of of us uh, come from different uh, faith backgrounds, might have been sprinkled or might have been some other way. I don't know if there's another way to do it, but sprinkled or some sort. And I think, honestly, as we looked at the scriptures this morning, is baptism by immersion at best notice that word, best reflects the meaning of the word and the method of the New Testament church. Literally, the word baptism in the New Testament in the Greek is baptizo. Everybody say baptizo, baptizo. There you go. And it literally means to dip or to immerse. Um, Again, Jesus commanded it, the early church practiced it, and the apostles commanded it as well. So it kind of, there's a lot of stock in that. Kind of like want to pay attention to that. Um, it's very much the common method in the church. For us, this is what we practice on a very regular basis. This is one of the sacred ordinances that Christ gave to the church. The Lord's Supper, baptism. Two major ordinances that the church ought to be doing on a very regular basis. 
is, are those two things. I want to share with you a story in closing about Kevin Potter. Kevin Potter is a guy, um, Kevin was raised in a religious household, and he says that he really never had a desire to learn God's Word truly, what God's Word truly had to say to him. He grew up in a household where his mom and dad uh, talked about uh, faith, but he didn't really grasp it himself. As he got older, he continued to stray further from the church until he kind of stopped going altogether. And that's the story of so many of people here uh, at North Valley. And then during his college years, he met some people that had different walks of life. He met some friends that loved Jesus, and then he had some friends that really actually hated Jesus. Um, And there was one couple in particular that made an impact on their life because they really believed in Christ, and they studied God's Word, and they lived by His Word. And that couple just happened to later in life get married and come to be a part of North Valley. So as he kind of ended his college years and went into the business world and started his life, he kind of had this tension of, I've seen real Christians, at least they seem to be real Christians, and I've seen other people like this. And he said, I'm somewhere in the middle. He says, uh, you know, throughout his years, he remained friends with the Christian couple he'd met in college, and he just said their lives were different. He said, finally, the day came when they asked me if I would accompany them to a, a new church, North Valley. They recently had started going there. He says, this is when my acceptance of Jesus really started to take off in a whole new way. He says, with the help of Pastor Ryan, Jonathan, and other leaders within the church and a small group at North Valley Community Church, I learned more about what it means to be a Christian in one year than I have my entire life before attending North Valley. Um, Kevin is a born-again believer. Kevin is... uh, a great follower of Christ, and he's not perfect, but he understands the importance of a public proclamation in Jesus Christ, and he was baptized. And in that symbolization that you see is the old is gone and the new has come. I want to encourage you as we close today is I want to encourage you to take a bold step of faith. Realize that the church is not just some organization you join as a member of to be a part of, Uh, that come and and see what you can get out of the church. But it's a movement for God's redemptive work throughout all of history for you to be a part of. That you are the very vessels, you are the very work that he wants to do and work in and through you out into this community. And Easter Sunday is one of the greatest opportunities that you have where we can set it up for you that you can go out this week, pray, pursue other friends and family and say, hey, Would you join me? And here's what I want to tell you ahead of time. The Holy Spirit's already at work in these people's lives saying things like this. Hey, you need to get back to church. And you're just that vessel that God's going to use. Baptism is one of the most powerful things that make big days even better. Amen? So today, what I want to challenge you to do is before you leave today, I'm praying that a number of you would uh, maybe register for baptism. If you have not yet been baptized... Um, according to what we just taught, uh, and, or that you would register today to serve and pick up one of these shirts and join Team North Valley. Amen? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today and this time together. We pray in our remaining time in worship that you would, Lord, use this to energize and to catalyze us, Lord, to see that we are your messengers, 
and, and to go out and share and show the love of Christ to our friends and family. Um, Lord, as we prepare for this week, as it's the Holy Week, may we just grow more and more in our devotion to you and realize there is no greater name than the name of Jesus. And we live for that name and for that fame. And God, for those of us that need to take a bold step of faith and be baptized, maybe as a husband and a wife or as a single or as a, a young kid who's experienced the saving grace of Christ, might they take the courage to do that and to share with their friends and family that they're followers of Christ. Lord, every parent here is a minister of their household. We pray that your scripture would stand as the authority and the baseline in those homes. Every single has a responsibility, every single person, to follow after Christ and be a disciple. So Lord, give us the courage to be baptized if we have not, and Lord, just to serve, to be a part of the movement of your work for your name and fame. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.